You're listening to the shorter, digest version of the Hutton Orbital Radio Show, with the Hutton News, the Hot Pit Bit, Commander Flossie and her community goals, Galnet Digest and Buck Naked's Top Trucker. If you want the discussion section and the green room, there's also a longer version of this podcast available. Whichever you choose, do enjoy the show. Imagine. You can see nothing. All is obscured by smoke. Sounds are muffled. After what seems an age, the smoke swirls and something approaches. An SRV wheel, the tyre smouldering, no longer attached to its vehicle, but moving under its own momentum, comes into view and slowly rolls across the floor until it runs out of energy and falls over, making a sound previously heard when the last dinosaur died. Dead Meat GF approaches, his face covered in soot. He slowly looks around and sits down heavily on the tyre. The smell of a slowly cooking flight suit joins with the other myriad odours. One by one, weary, battle-scarred pilots drag one foot after another as they cross the threshold of the pilot's lounge of Treshkov Point in search of somewhere to lay their weary bones. They're still on Kokiri 3, too tired to even leave the planet, let alone flight hut and orbital in time for the show. Only Flossie looks pristine, unruffled. The addition of the new frying pan weapon to her SRV has made the previous task child's play. Inspecting the sorry sight before her, she sighs. Not in exhaustion, but in exasperation that, once more, the task of emotional fuel rat has fallen to her. She separates out the presenters and makes them sit at a long table. Why? they cry in unison. Our mics are live. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the remote broadcast live from Treshkov Point on Kokiri 3. I think they're all back, but let's throw some bongs at them and see, you know, what what happens. Fleet defeat, carrier barrier. Are you infected by Thargoid larvae? Worrying tales emerge. Breaking breakout news from Kokiri. CTA from HOT for CQC. I'll check to see whether Hutton's in a state. Norma's got enormous news from her big box of goals. We here at Hutton have admitted before that we're no canon research. We don't have the resources, the brains, or the attention span to delve into the mysteries of the galaxy in the way that they can and do. Maybe that's where they get their name from. 
And the business about Dr. Arkanen is just a smokescreen. Can and do? Can and do? Anyway, sorry, where was I? Oh yeah, um, we've had quite a bit of spare time on our hands recently. What with the Thargoids being as hard to find as untouched beer bottles after Lavecom. And we've been thinking. Yes, honestly, we've been looking at recent developments and after testing many theories based on the premise that when you've eliminated all which is impossible, then whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth, we have concluded that Tharg the Mighty felt threatened by the idea of truckers having a fleet carrier full of Type 6s, Type 7s and Type 9s. We do like a bargain and that sale was far too good to miss. That he's infiltrated the Pilots' Federation, stolen all of the plans for said fleet carriers and is back at home laughing an ammonia-scented laugh. Without these plans, the Brewer Corporation have admitted that they cannot construct the promised fleet carriers. The Corporation has apologised for this apparent failure of security and has promised that given time, they are quite capable of recreating the plans, even if they might have slight differences from the proposed models. They have indicated a greatly reduced amount of items coloured pink, but will have more latrines and more charging points for your own Mr. Dusties. Buried near the tomb of Mr. Dusty. For those listening to the last article, you'll have heard him mentioned. Archaeologists have uncovered an ancient document from the earliest days of human slash Thargoid interaction that may, we use the word may advisedly, as it's pure guesswork, mean that we don't get our predictions wrong and, and actually prove that Tharg is also guilty of the current fertilizer bio-waste faced. Commanders who listen avidly to the Galnet News Digest and Flossie's bit as well as news articles on this very station will be well aware that the famine fertilizer and subsequent farm fresh fumigation to remove the toxic product have been front and center in galactic news in recent weeks. Now, ever ones to be at the heart of any crazy conspiracy theory, at first we beamed, well, you know, Tharg for poisoning us all in revenge for the mycoid plague we unleashed with the help of Commander Jameson. Then, when the fertilizer was released to remove the blight, we warned that it was Tharg again trying to poison us with the cure. Now, it turns out that a mega corporation are guilty of the deed. But here at Hudden, we've linked that to Thargoids too, because in the absence of anything from Atrus, that's the least we can do. The document, covered in an ancient woodcut of a cobra and Coriolis station, contains proof that Thargoid larvae can use carbon-based creatures as hosts. We quote. Alex looked at the through V pictures and for a second couldn't comprehend the grotesque sights he saw. Looking through the bodies of the Mimurth, the camera had picked up the spider-like life forms that were living inside the shuffling, harmless turtle forms. The sight was discomforting. Jointed legs seemed to be reaching out into every limb and every body cavity. The central black body was shiny, and from it peered a number of bloated, faceted eyes. Two long, bristly tendrils stretched into the Mimurth's brains from each of these hideous parasites. What are they? Alex whispered. And Alicia said, Trouble. They're immature Thargoids. With all the escape pods that he's been eating, has Tharg found a way to put Tharglets in people? 
Is he mind-controlling key parts of the human supply chain? Have we got Thargoids on the brain? Is this all a little far-fetched? Probably, but don't say we didn't warn you! When was the last time you checked yourself for Thargoids? They're like, you know, nits, but bigger and on the inside. Check yourself in with Nurse Wyeth for a through-V scan. As, uh, soon as you can. The intrepid team of truckers, the Hutton Tactical Weapons Assault Team, unleashed the full might of Alvin's enforcers on a base in the Kolkari system earlier. Aided by a roving reporter, Commander Wotherspoon of the Golnet News Digest, he scouts it out so you don't have to, and assisted by the accredited astronaut and his best mate, the Cosmic Cosmonaut. Wings of Scarab and air-to-ground attack craft engage the Kokiri Liberals pasties for the Don, in a pitched battle over a 2G, 2G world this evening. Despite the premature detonation of the accredited astronaut and a dastardly trap set by the Don, including putting grease all over the ramps to the security compound, Hutton commanders managed to combat land a ship on the pad with only 10 minutes to spare and evacuate the captured truckers. The good news is that we have most of them in the microwave being slowly defrosted from the popsicle pods that the Don was keeping them in. The bad news is that it appears that a number of them are still aboard a megaship in orbit, and we'll have to go spring them in the forthcoming weeks. Our thanks to the trucker teams for the great display and Yabu sucks to be you to the Kokari Liberals for being a big bunch of wusses and not putting up a big fight. Mr. Benedetti's advice was sound. The accredited astronaut was as good as his word and we are awarding them honorary truckery status. For the mug. And now, a small advertisement from Commander Shoreside Customs. Call in all truckers. Are you out exploring or mining and need a break? Are you rubbish at combat and want to get better? Are you a total badass and just want to show it? Maybe you just want to have a bit of a laugh. Well, why not join Hotbox for CQC this Sunday? Entry is free to all Hutton truckers. Simply use the phrase for the mug when entering the lobby. We hope to see you all there. Ash Hotbox, Ash for the mug. This is an important message from Lou Snockers and the Hotbox team. That dastardly Don Antonacci, I'm not going to use accent, I'm definitely not trying his accent, that dastardly Don Antonacci took my ship down as I approached my wingmates, but I managed to disable his ship before I hit the surface. So I'm sending you this <coughs> message before I go and find him and explain quite how much trouble he's in. Norma made me a roast dinner tonight and she hates waste, especially bio waste. The following systems even <coughs> rewind. The following systems in order of importance need to be dropped to 55% or below. Please see to it as soon as possible. If you have any specific questions, post in the Facebook group and the relevant custodian will answer your query after the beep. LP532-81 YZO8550714 Alpha Centauri Trepin Wolf 359 George Pantasis Luton 145-141 and Wolf25. The only systems where we need to actively work for HOT are Van Man and Star, where we're under attack by pirates and the monks are a little bit close. And in Avic, although that only needs a small boost, like Will did crossing that bridge. Everywhere else is fine, especially LHS 340. 
Colonia is looking very stable, with normal work required in EL, Procol Centauri and Doriso, but as always they keep shamelessly copying the bubble with a pirate attack in Doriso. If you can see them off the King Hanky, please, and basically leave Tyr alone. The Don may have disabled my thrusters, but I'll bloody well pop his nose even if I have to walk to the base to do it. For the mug. Phase 3 of the current interstellar initiative, the Scourge, started on Tuesday with a combat CG, Fight Against Scythe of Panem, and continued at 7.30 today with two trade CGs, Diesel Initiative for Blight Treatment and Orev Appeal for Blight Treatment. More on these later. Hutton Orbital Incident Report Date of Incident, 19th October 3305 Reporting Officer, Mia Harkness Distribute to His Fluffiness Alvin the Fear and Progenitor Leo Wolf Type of Incident, Property Damage Type of Damage, Ship Damage We were excited! The old Hotbox Exploration Group were back together for a whistle-stop tour of seven of the brightest stars visible from Old Earth. Everyone assembled at Alvin Station and we were all in time for once. We all had on the finest beachwear available from the O'Connor City gift shop, and the commander Sawside Customs had a blob of sun cream on his nose, so we were all set to catch some rays. After the obligatory selfies, we set off and headed to the first couple of stars. Once we got space legs under us, we headed out to Beetlejuice. There was some confusion, but eventually we all managed to get more or less in the same place on the surface of Beetlejuice 2 and started roaming around in our SRVs. We established that Remlock and a pair of floral shorts wasn't enough protection from the radiation of Red's supergiant, and we decided to work on our tans from inside the SRVs instead. There was one aborted attempt at climbing a mountain which we discovered was both further away and much bigger than we thought, so we settled down and just basked in the rays instead. We made it more or less unscathed to our final destination at Procyon, landed on one of the nearby planets for a look around and a last chance to see the sun before the night started drawing in. Then Topham went Tonto. We think he'd been out too long in the suns and had baked his brain pan. Well, that's what the doctor said. While everyone else chatted and caught up, he secretly launched a Guardian fighter and set about attacking his colleagues with sharp cannons. As it turns out, Guardian fighters don't last long when four SRVs are gunning for them. So, you know, not content with the mayhem he'd already caused, Dan then set about shooting your ships up with his SRV. The situation demanded decisiveness and quick thinking. So we were pretty much buggered out on that front. But by some miracle, everyone managed to dismiss their ships before they blew up. I acted as a distraction by machine gunning a giant later M into the arse end of Dan's beluga. Or for the sake of the team, you know. We made our hasty exits before the authorities turned up in accordance with Hotbox standing operating procedure. Guideline 1A, don't get caught. And Guideline 1B, if in doubt, run away. Guideline 1C, if it smells funny don't poke it, was not relevant to this situation. I can only apologise, and I would say that this will happen again, but, well, you know. Anyway, happy slap your annoying co-worker day. Ooh, that's handy. Daniel Tiberius Topham, get back here this instant! When the universe is in trouble Bug infestations in the bubble Your home stations burn rubble 
what on earth can we do when your faction leader's a dog and your daily tasks are a slog you're feeling like a used cog what on earth can we do now interstellar initiatives let flossie tell you what it is then you can get involved with this Listen to what Flossie says Interstellar Initiative Flossie tells us what she thinks it is Then you can get involved with this Now you should listen to what Flossie says Listen to what Flossie says What on earth can we do? Do what Flossie tells you to what if she talks nonsense? Interstellar initiatives Let Flossie tell you what it is Then you can get involved with this You should listen to what Flossie said Now we heard what Flossie said We can put this matter to bed Just keep a voice in your head Flossie told you what to do. Hello, Flossie here with this week's Interstellar Initiatives news. Phase 3 of the current Interstellar Initiative, The Scourge, started on Tuesday with a combat CG, the fight against size of Panem. An extremist group from the Capafornicus system is responsible for the contaminated fertiliser that has caused widespread crop failures. Gino Borstein made this statement on behalf of the Tri-Superpower Task Force investigating the Blight's origin. Our investigation has confirmed that an activist group known as Scythe of Panem managed to infiltrate Rockforth Corporation manufacturing plants in the reed system. Members of the group contaminated the EX fertiliser with a synthetic agent designed to putrefy plant matter. Recent efforts by the galactic community have also eradicated the EX fertiliser, but Borstein warned that the activists have turned hostile upon discovery. The group's manifesto discusses discusses revenge of the Federation's 3301 campaign to wipe out the recreational drug known as Onion Head. This involved an orbital bombardment of Onion Head crops on Panem using biocides with a similar genomic structure to the blight. It is likely that activists use these biocides as the foundation for their synthetic agent. Shortly after we located size of Panem cells in the Quator system, their more militant members responded with unprovoked violence. Local citizens are now at risk of being caught in the crossfire. An effort to neutralize the activists, activists is being led by Brusan Van Co faction, which has requested tactical support from the galactic community. Independent pilots who destroy Scythe of Panem ships in the Kratos system will be generously rewarded by Brooklyn Van Company. This campaign will run from the 22nd to the 28th of October. At 7.30 UTC game time this morning, 
two more CGs started, this time both trade. Diesel initiative for blight treatment and Overve appeal for blight treatment. The galactic community has been asked to support an initiative that could counteract the blight that is devastating crops in hundreds of systems. With the blight pathogen present across inhabited space, the Interstellar Association for Agriculture has decided to press ahead with controlled distribution of a promising new agronomic treatment. The IAA's Dr Genevieve Kane provided further information. Ever since the blight was identified, our scientists have been working alongside Rockforce Corporation research teams to develop an effective counteragent. We appreciate the full cooperation granted by Rockforce Corporation representatives in this endeavour. Following essential contributions by both the Vandermeer Corporation and Neomir Medical Industries, we have developed an agronomic treatment that should reverse the disease's effects. The priority is to transport the treatment to the DSO and OERV systems, which were among the first to be ravaged by the blight. If these primary agricultural centres can be made viable again, we can then proceed to revitalise crop production elsewhere. Agronomic treatment can now be collected from the following markets. Conway City, LTT4961, George Lucas and Leasty, Thomas Orbital, Lansbury, Cousin Ring, Xinjing, Mark Goulis Station, CD4410336 and North City, Ezomindi. Independent traders have been asked to deliver our Agronomic treatment to Schiffnell Port in the Desource system or Watson Port in the Orev system. And also, for the duration of this community goal, if you dock at any of the above stations, you'll receive the Scourge decal. This can be seen on the Interstellar Initiative CG event page or on the Interstellar Initiatives or CG forums. So, what will this mean for the wider galaxy? Find out at the end of the Interstellar Initiative next week. That's Flossie this week's Welcome. Flossie told you what to do. Galnet News Digest, 24th of October, 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, we know who's trying to kill us, and now we're trying to kill them. Mutant cabbage muncher threatens sauerkraut stocks. Fleet carriers grounded amid safety fears. Pilots Federation apologises. We know who's trying to kill us, and now we're trying to kill them. A bunch of militant drug activists are behind the bubble-wide blight that's been causing drastic 
food shortages, according to the superpower task force charged with investigating. Still sore about their onion head crops being bombarded with defoliant by the Federation four and a half years ago, the so-called Scythe of Panem have turned a version of that very same defoliant to use, destroying food crops across the galaxy. By mixing it into Rockforth EX7 fertilizer, which was being sold at promotional prices, the terrorists were guaranteed excellent distribution and wide-ranging crop failure. It appears that the terrorists contaminated the fertilizer in manufacturing plants in the Reedquat system. These are not the primary manufacturing facilities of the giant Rockforth Corporation, which is based in Aguada and it may have been that security at the Reedquat sites was relatively lax. The Tri-Superpower Task Force has tracked the scythe of Panem down to Quator, where a battle to wipe out the activist cells is now underway. According to Gino Borstein, speaking on behalf of the task force, the terrorist group responded to attempts to eliminate it with unprovoked violence. It is not clear on which side the East India Company, which now controls the onion head trade, will be fighting. The seeds of this violence were sown in December 3300, when the Federation banned onion head. This was followed up by months of carpet bombing of crops, when then-Federal President Jasmina Halsey ordered the elimination of several strains of onion head, including the original Capofernasis strain. Jasmina Halsey is now an alien-loving hippie living in Alioth, but her military legacy clearly outlives her presidency. All commanders are invited to take part in the rout of this dangerous collection of militant farmers from Panem. And may the odds be ever in your favour. Mutant Cabbage Muncher Threatens Sauerkraut Stocks In related news, the crop-consuming pathogen spread by the scythe of Panem is reported to be taking on a life of its own, independent of the fertilizer vector and highly contagious. It is resistant to all known pesticides, impossible to quarantine, and brings a very real threat of the famine the soon-to-be-extinct terrorists had been attempting. Only Big Pharma can save the galaxy now. Mason Chu of Vandermeer Corporation says he's been working with Neomedical Industries and seems hopeful that the two organisations can come up with an effective way of saving the galaxy's brassicas from certain destruction. Commanders can expect a call to transport the antidote to affected systems within days. Fleet carriers grounded amid safety fears. Manufacturers have been forced to admit that safety fears mean that the already delayed commercial availability of fleet carriers will be delayed still further, with the expected launch date moving back from December this year to June 3306. Originally billed as squadron fleet carriers and expected to be available at the end of 3304, the ships were rebranded and repurposed as personal fleet carriers when their first year-long delay was announced. This second delay has been caused by unforeseen software errors that have allegedly resulted in several fleet carrier-sized craters around the Saud Kruger plant on Mato. 
This delay leaves many of the shut-up-and-take-my-money brigade of commanders waddling around with unfeasibly large virtual wallets, as they've been core mining and transporting fertiliser as if their lives depended on it, so they could be among the first to fly away with their very own personal fleet carrier. The nascent Fleet Carrier Owners Federation, known as FACOF, which has long been planning Christmas fleet carrier rallies, says it is now looking at holding its launch event as a summer barbecue at the LaveCon Exhibition and Conference Centre on the outskirts of the Cambridge Megalopolis on Earth. Pilots Federation apologises. A spokesperson for the Pilots' Federation has expressed their sorrow for the past wrongdoings of that organisation and have abased themselves at the three-mile-high solid gold statue of the Yamiks, which has been created on Founders World as a humble tribute to the god that showed them the error of their ways. For it was Commander the Yamiks alone amongst pilots who stood up to the inefficient slackers within the Pilots' Federation and said no, this code is not good enough, there are too many bugs and anyway, I'm not interested in fleet carriers. And listening to the wisdom of the Yamiks, the Pilots' Federation realised that they had been wrong to try to deliver features and that they should instead be refactoring their code in the manner that has long been taught by the adherence of the sainted Chris Roberts, that results in nothing actually being released but some very beautiful code stored away in GitHub. Commander the Yamiks also commanded the Pilots' Federation that all software releases should go through public beta testing, something that the Pilots' Federation cowed by the majesty of the living deity that is the Yamiks were only too glad to humbly offer up to their community. In celebration, the Galactic Community has declared 22nd of October to be Galactic The Yamiks Day, a day on which bells throughout the galaxy will be rung with joy. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. Going humongous here. 
spokesman for Winner's Hole. So where's Buck this week? Well, big fucking energy is going round our way. Caught something on his visit here. Don't worry, you're standing it off of an industrial grinder. He's up on bricks at the moment. We'll have all those extra nipples off him soon, and I'm sure that purple hue will fade in time. So what have I been up to? Well, I've been looking up that one Elta, and I'm proper putting my tips off. Seven commanders have made it all around the first. They must have shifted like the police when they saw my mate trying to throw by a devil off a tight nine. And man is it tight at the top. Tighter than big Bucky B's harness after last night's rodeo. We have a ball of petunias in the lead. a massive donk on it out there. Like a well fast time. Not seen a ball move that fast since he introduced running in head. He took one day, four hours, 18 minutes and three seconds to go all around the verse. And also jumping like it was Galaxy out there. And putting a proper banging time on the board. Coming in just seven minutes and 17 seconds later, it's El Ravino. Hang on, didn't he used to play for Barnard Star Barnacles? And coming up the bronze position, the retiree, still showing us young guns how it's done. Commander Old Guard, he finished like 48 minutes behind, although I heard him complain the other day. The old tank is as large as it used to be, and the Need to go scoop a bit more regular these days, but fair play, that's a fucking time. Yeah, what's this? Apology officer, been around the first. No wonder he's getting salty in the bubble. No one's apologising. The first thing you should do is apologise for that time. <laughs> 10 hours and 41 minutes behind the leader. You could have walked a hot and orbital in that time. The grandma's faster, mate, and she's been in grave 20 years. I'm kidding mate, it's a great time. Infinite Dima, finished over a day behind. Comic Born, two days behind. Cop 2, four days behind. Love your fun of runners out there, giving it all they've got to get round the first. I mean, Commander Cop 2, 239,122.18 light years he travels round the first, like way more than anybody else. He must have staggered around more than Commander Cracker in a gin distillery. And our own apology officer needs to make another apology, using over 3,000 tons of fuel more than the next nearest commander. I hope they didn't go anywhere near those spiky space mollusks. Don't clean yourself this ship up, mate. Some of you ain't even trying. Sitting around like a fat bloke at a vegan fair, El Mavri. I think he's doing the whole rating super crazy or something. He's sat on waypoint one for so long, we're going to have to get him re-upholstered. The times are all into waypoints, and some of them are closer than Big Bucky B's eyes after he went through with our whole customs. At the top of waypoint one, to two listed commander overlights at 13 minutes and 14 seconds, and just 24 seconds behind his grey MK. Go check them all out at hot.forthemod.com and click on the current event tab. You can get the helper there too and shove it in your ship. And you can do things for Lotton and still win this thing if you want. It's easy mate. It's as easy as fitting a new harness to Big Bucky B for a second rodeo. Yee-haw! Nice one sorted our kid. Sorted!
ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger?